Praise the Lord. We have covered the definition of revival, a restoration of and now it's effectiveness. Look at that. You guys are taking notes. Good job, Sam. Effectiveness. What does that mean? It means producing or capable of producing a result. Producing or capable of producing a result. So if we are in revival and we have restored our effectiveness, now that we've got our power restored, we have got our trust in God restored, we've got our faith restored, so what do we do with it? Well, church, we're going to read a portion of Scripture. It's in Romans, and uh, if you want to turn there, you can. It's Romans 10. We're going to begin with verse 14. Now, I found this this afternoon. For so many years, now I'm one of those people that I want the complete understanding of what a lot of people have preached over the years. Now, I know you've heard this, but we're going to divide all of this out and see how it, and that's what I want to do. How does this apply to you? And how did we get here in the Word, and what does it mean in my life? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing... See that? You all know that. Do you really know what that means? Number one, what is faith? Do you know? Did you know it's a gift? How did you ever get saved? You get saved by faith. Well, you've been taught all of this. I didn't know what faith was. Did you? It means complete trust in someone in doubt or suspicion. How do you, before you know Jesus Christ, ever have any trust and faith in Him? How do you get faith? Well, you ask for it, number one, but it doesn't go, and you got all of this faith. A mustard seed of faith, a little bitty prayer that said, Jesus, I, I, you know, I've been having these real experiences spiritually and physically, and I don't know what it is. Come on, we come to Christ, what, as babies. We don't come to Christ all cleaned up either. We come to him as we are. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's how we come to Jesus. So how are we ever going to have an understanding of what this word is telling us when we don't know him? Well, how are we going to ever hear the preaching of the word? Faith cometh by hearing in the word of God. What if you've never heard it? This is good. Now watch this. Go to Romans 10. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How did you ever call on the Lord when you never believed on him, right? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall, 
where I just lost my place. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now stop right there. I never heard preaching. Did you? Before you were saved? I remember Wanda was born saved. Her daddy was a preacher. She's a preacher's kid. That's all she ever knew. I never knew at all. I mean, I heard about Jesus, and you did too. I did not get saved until I was 30 years old. But until then, I heard about Jesus Christ. I knew about you guys, but I didn't know what it was like. How did I ever come to be who I am? How are you ever going to hear without a preacher, it says? Well, I don't know. I never went to church. How could I have faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God when I never even listened to it? Well, that's what happens when you don't know Jesus and one of you folks begin praying. Let's say that you knew me. Somebody prayed. You worked with me in car dealerships. I fixed your car and you seemed to, I seemed like I was a pretty decent guy, you know. I didn't rip you off too bad. <laughs> nope. Okay, so what happens? God sends somebody along that's looking for something to do for him. Wouldn't you know I'm working in a Cadillac dealership in Redding, California, about 1976. And here comes this guy in an old Datsun pickup. Remember when Nissan was a Datsun? A lot of us are old enough. He was a contractor. He was fixing something. Goes in the back of his little Datsun pickup and he grabs up this wad of cords. Tosses it on the ground, reaches down and pulls in the middle of this thing and threw it. And the whole thing unraveled just right. So I ran over there and said, man, I saw you do that. I said, how in the world did you do that? I said, that's my biggest frustration is cords. And Wanda can tell you it still is. You see all this mess? drives me crazy when it gets all wadded up. She said, here, sweetie pie, I'll do it. She's Miss Patience. I am the tire burner, man. So she'll sit there and spend 15 minutes unrolling these cords if it's a mess. Well, this guy grabs it, throws it, man, and out it goes. He un so I go to him and I say, how in the world did you do that? That's my biggest frustration. Well, I'll tell you if you'll give me five minutes of your time. Yeah, who went, huh? That's what I did. Oh, man, I said, are you one of them Bible thumpers? Isn't that how we were? And he goes, yeah. Seemed a little disappointed. I said, all right, go ahead. Did you know that Jesus loves you? I said, no, I don't. Now, this is the way it is, folks, out in the world, okay? I'm going to tell you how it is. How are you going to hear without there being a preacher? Did we just read that? This man was a preacher to me. Even though he wasn't a preacher as per se, God used him like he would use you in a circumstance that planted a seed in my soul. And he told me, went on for just a couple of minutes, and finally I said, are you through? Yes. I said, then show me how you did that. And he did. He just braided it. That's all it was. 
Well, he went his way and he did what he had to do. But I remember him. Why do I remember that guy? You see, there was some sort of an, a power and an authority that God placed in him that reached out to me. He'd been in the presence of God, folks, and he had been instilled in him something that I did not have. And yet Christ knew me and knew that I would be right here tonight preaching to you what we need to be in order to be effective. There's a man named Bruce Tarbot. I still keep in contact with him. Him and I was in the Marine Corps together. We were in Vietnam together. We about got blown up by our own bomb. We fell off of an F-4 jet. And we communicate. This guy was a Christian. He was a Baptist. Now, I remember this guy. He was pretty stupid. He was standing, him and I were hot refueling. It was in Chulai, Vietnam. We are hot refueling, in case you don't know what that is. Uh, there was a, what we called a hot pad, and that's where they were bombing the enemy out there. The planes would come in. They'd leave the engines running. We'd run out there with fuel hoses. We'd plug them in and refuel the aircraft while it was running. That's called hot refueling. So we were out there right alongside the runway on what you call the taxiway. Everybody knows what that is. If you've ever been in an airplane, the plane drives along this thing, turns, gets on the runway, and whew, off he goes, right? Well, here we are on the side, and one of our planes that had been all shot up came in, and it landed. All the uh, crash crew came out there and everything. When it landed, it had a 500-pound fi bomb still hung on it. Well, when it hit, the bomb came off, started bouncing down the runway. Here we are on the taxiway, and I saw that come off. And I said, Tarbit, hit the deck. I said, that's fixing to cook off. He says, hey, look at that piece. Oh, Boom. Well, I had dove into this little line shack we had to try and get out of the heat. For the record, it's 125 degrees in Vietnam with 100% humidity about all the time. That's what it was like. So I dove into this little shack in this orange ball and black fire, orange inside and black all Kaboom! And this thing went off. We didn't get a scratch on our body. But 300 yards behind us, it was raining shrapnel. God had his hand on Bruce Tarbot and this guy that was standing next to him. We didn't get a scratch. Yet I would see him bow his head in amongst us heathens and pray over his food every, every time we'd, we'd go to eat. In the mess hall, he'd bow his head and he'd start praying. And I'd watch him. I didn't ridicule him. I wondered, what did he have? Why are you doing that? We never prayed over our food or a chow, whatever. He's a gobbler down, right? Okay, but he was another little seed planter. And we still communicate, and it lets us know that he knows these other guys, that you know, Bruce 
Nereal is his name, or Bruce, uh, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, a couple of guys that we knew he still keeps a contract with. He was another guy that affected me. One more guy. I went, I had a hunting buddy of mine who was a Southern Baptist. He offered to go to, or bring me to church with him once or twice, and I turned him down. Well, he passed away. He died of a heart attack. And I went to his funeral. Now, this is the first time I'd ever been to a Baptist funeral. I've been to a lot of Catholic funerals. What you do is you cry and moan and carry on and go in the next room and laugh and eat. It's called a wake. Then you go back in there and you look at this person in the casket. I'm not kissing a dead body. My mom wanted me to. I said, no. Back in there and eat and carry on, go back and laugh. Go back in there, back and forth, crying and carrying on. And I went, man, this is awful. But I go to this guy's funeral, and here he is in the casket, and all of his family is laughing and praising God and thanking him that he's home with you with tears in their eyes. And I'm going, what is so strange? This is weird. Until finally, church, those seeds that these people planted begin to grow. So I had one more hunting buddy. We went deer hunting. I slipped, fell down, ruptured a disc in my back, busted my rifle up, walked until I had big, great big blisters on the balls of my feet. Hello. And uh, we were up and down back behind Redding, California. Those mountains are right straight up. And I said, Jerry, his name was Jerry McLaughlin. I said, Jerry, I am not having fun. Well, I'm not road hunting. I said, this guy is. I said, I'll go to sit in the truck and wait on you. You can sit out here all you want. We crawled from 3 in the morning until 6 o'clock at night and never saw a deer. Huh? They heard you coming. <laughs> Maybe it's when I fell down off the side of that mountain. Wanda was a deer hunter when she was growing up. Okay. So this man was a Christian, a born-again Christian, very nice guy. I liked him. And he would work right alongside of me. He gave me parts for this truck that I built. Still have it at home. He passed away. And the last thing he did was traded me a 30-30 lever-action rifle for a carburetor that I had that supposedly would get 50 miles to a gallon. And I told him, I said, Jerry... That is not going to help your gas mileage. Because I was a tune-up man at the time. He did it anyway. Come back a month later, I said, what do you think? It ain't helping a bit. If anything, I've lost a lot of power. I said, yeah. I spent enough time with him, and he watered those seeds. He brought me into a relationship with him that took me to a Christmas play in his home church. And it was there in that Christmas play where my jaw had just literally dropped at the professional way that that was done in a great big church in Redding, California. Here I am by myself and with him and his wife over there. And I said, look at how wonderful this is done. Man, they had spotlights, and they had a cantata, and they had these people singing these beautiful songs. And afterwards, I said, what did you do? Get a busload of people from Los Angeles up here to professionals? He said, no, those are people in the church. I said, what? Yeah, they're just people in the church. I was in awe. 
of what God's people had been blessed with. And from that point on, God began dealing with me. All of people, all the people that he had used to plant seeds and finally a gusher full of water sprouted to life a desire to know Jesus. Did I have faith? No. But I heard some preachers and it wasn't in a church. I had people preaching to me. We just read it right here and we're going to finish it. Looky here. Verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? Someone got sent to see me and preach to me. That's you, church. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Look at this. And bring glad tidings of good things. But look at verse 16. It's going to answer a lot of questions. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elijah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Not everyone is going to be saved. We can preach to them. I hope you get a hold of this. We can preach to them out there through our witness, through our testimony, through the, the prayers that we have got ourselves prepared to go and tell somebody about Jesus. But we may not see them all saved. The choice is up to them. We have to say yes to the Holy Spirit and to the person that we're talking to. If you hear me or someone else reject you and say, no, I don't want to hear that, I want to encourage you, look at me. One of you kids did this to me. One of you kids did this to me. You sent the Holy Spirit to get a hold of me and made me say, what, what is this all about? What is this all about? Why are you happy when I'm so miserable? Could this really be real? And then the deeper these seeds get planted on good soil, that's another sermon, hello? When all that soil falls on some soil, all that seed falls on some good soil, and the hands of God literally has broken up that soil and made it nice and rich, and the Holy Spirit comes along and waters that. Boom. Success. This revival, hopefully, will help you to be a success. So if faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, it doesn't mean that you got to come in here to church and hear somebody preach it. Your pastor, I'm sure, is a good preacher. But you're the preacher, folks. You're the preacher. God says, how blessed are the feet of them. Why did he say the feet? You're the people that walk and bring this out. You see it? Can you get a hold of this? You get a hold of this thing and walk out here with it and take what God has given you to a lost and dying world. We come here and we wait on you to come in. Yes, the Lord can bring people in that's never been in church. We see it. 
But you have the feet that are beautiful. You're the preacher. Even though you may not think you are. Even though you don't feel you're anointed to take this word, you are. Even if you stumble and you stammer, even if you, I see the, the hurt in your eyes when I reject you and tell you to just show me how to do the chord, will you? Or why don't you go to a concert with me? Or go, you know, had some kid trick me into going to a Billy Graham movie in Indiana. I got so mad at him, I disowned him as a friend. You told me we were going to a movie, man. And I see Billy Graham up there. Anytime growing up, we'd have Billy Graham do these special TV shows. We'd jump up and turn the channel. Why? Someone didn't preach to us. Someone wasn't living the life and bringing that into ours and showing us that there's a better way. But I'm glad that you did, whoever you are, did your job because Jesus did this made me into who I am now. And boy, am I ever grateful. Blessed is the feet of the, how beautiful is the feet of those that bring this out here in lost, dying worlds are saved. Father, thank you for these feet, these beautiful feet that bring this gospel out. I pray, Lord, that answers came to those questions. I'm glad, Lord, that uh, the blessings have flowed into this little short revival. I'm grateful, Lord, that you pressed upon me to teach and to preach and to sing and bless this little congregation. Lord, this is the core of things that happen, and I bless them in Jesus' name. As we leave this church, we leave our blessing upon them till we see them again either in this world or in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. Listening friend, do you know where you'll go after you die? Without the gift of Jesus, it will be an eternity in hell without God. Good works will not get you there. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. To spend eternity with God, we must recognize that we are sinners in need of Christ. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. To be assured eternal life, we simply talk to God, admit you are a sinner, and ask him for his free gift. You must mean the words to, get the, to be answered. Jesus is waiting to hear your request. If you have asked him for eternal life, he has come into you and he will change you. Start reading the book of Ephesians and see what God says about your new life. After you understand the book of Ephesians, you can start reading the Gospel of John. Next, find a good Bible teaching church. Tell the pastor about your decision for God and be taught. If you contact us, we will send you a new believer booklet free of charge. Congratulations and grow in Christ. You can contact us by email at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or by snail mail at P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona, 86431. We are happy to help with your new life in Christ or even answering Bible questions. Again, congratulations on your decision for Christ.